Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician and composer. Each season of Dissect dives deep into a single album, forensically dissecting the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. Our newest season is covering Tyler the Creator's Igor, a beautifully honest album in which Tyler explores love, communication, masculinity, and truth. Listen to Dissect today only on Spotify, because great art deserves more than a swipe. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This is 10 Days of Lindsay Lohan. We're doing a series of 10 short episodes celebrating the life, the times, the career of one of the most infamous 2000s It Girls, Lindsay D. Lohan. She is returning to us um, as Serena Belmont in Netflix's Falling for Christmas later this month, later this month being in November. Can you believe it? I am here today. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm here today with Zach Keeter. Zach, hello. Welcome. Hello. I'm so excited to be chatting about Lindsay. Like she's probably like when you put like Lindsay, Brittany, Paris all together, like Lindsay's probably my favorite, probably because she was like the biggest train wreck. So I cannot wait for this new Netflix holiday movie. I know. I'm just like, it feels like there's something deliberate happening with Lindsay Lohan. I've, I've heard she's got some other stuff going on. She was just filming a movie in Ireland for Netflix that Aisha Curry is also in. There's just a lot happening. You know, it's been a lot of ups and downs with Lindsay Lohan over the last 20 years or so. Today, we are discussing the year 2004, which was a, which is a pivotal year in her life. Zach, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you in 2004? Oh, my God. Um, I, nine, 10? So... Did you see Mean Girls in theaters? No, 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 I did not see Mean Girls in theaters. Well, one, I don't think I was the demographic, Juliet. I was, you know, I was waiting for Transformers to come out while I was hiding in the closet. But no, I, I, I saw when it became a DVD release and it was at Blockbuster. Then I made sure we rented the DVD that weekend that it came out. But I did not watch it in theaters, sadly. I did see Freaky Friday, though. I did see Freaky Friday in theaters, though. Me too. That was in 2003. We're going we're gonna to talk about that. But 2004, just brief overview, it's like really when Lindsay Lohan became a turbocharged celebrity. She 
as you said, in 2003, Freaky Friday came out. She also had um, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen that year. And then everything just changed with Mean Girls, which came out in the spring of 2004. I'm the, nearly the exact same age as Lindsay Lohan. It's me, Lindsay Lohan, the Olsons, Misha Barton. We're all born in 1986. And so I've always felt a real connection to, to Lindsay Lohan, just like in terms of like being the same age as her. Also... In Mean Girls, uh, Northwestern is like a part of the plot because it's based in Chicago. And I saw Mean Girls in senior year of high school when I was about to go to Northwestern. So I was like really excited. And so I just, I've got a lot to say about this. I'm so excited to be digging into it with you. I'm excited. Listen, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to dive in. All right. So we already kind of talked about her movie career, but we're going to hit movies, her music career, of course, her feud with Hilary Duff, and then how she was starting to be received. But Let's begin with the movies. So Freaky Friday comes out in 2003 with Jamie Lee Curtis. It's a great film. I wanted to see it because Chad Michael Murray was in it, but like it had really broad appeal. Why did you want to see it? I wanted to see it for Lindsay Lohan. I was a big Lindsay Lohan fan. I watched Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen or even before that she had what? Life Size with Tyra Banks. She had Get a Clue on Disney Channel. Oh my, I loved Get a Clue. Okay. I was a big... I love Life Size. Life Size was great. Life Size was great. But I was watching every single one of Lindsay's films that I was like, yes, of course. Like, and I was surprised to find out that Freaky Friday was Lindsay's highest grossing film worldwide, more than Mean Girls. Yes. That it was grossed like, like $100 million. $160 million. Oh my God. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, it was a great movie. She had her little guitar moment. She had the chunky streaks that I know like Giselle Bryan on Potomac is like trying to bring back if anybody's a Housewives fan. Lindsay was the OG, you know, chunky, chunky uh, highlight pioneer. Giselle's been getting a lot of heat for that look, but first of all, I'm a Giselle apologist and no, I will not apologize. (laughs) I love Giselle Bryant. And number two, that look is also like without the highlights, which is sort of like the front pieces is really big on bachelor in paradise right now. Yeah. And I never feel older than when I learn about a trend that obviously is like already like on its way out from Bachelor in Paradise or The Bachelor or something from like the, <laughs> the young women who are on who are on the show. But anyway, yes, that, that hairstyle is back. I think one of the reasons Freaky Friday was so successful, and this is true for many family movies, is because the combination of Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan meant like there was something for both parents and kids so they could go see it together. And I think this was the first time it, it was apparent, but this really cemented the fact Freaky Friday that Lindsay Lohan's a good actress. Like she is good at her craft. And for all of that has happened with her off screen and behind the scenes, she, she had so much promise in 2004. Like there was a lot of buzz about her and she actually is like very good at acting chat. I watched like an old VH1 show called driven. I think that was about Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> And Chad Michael Murray was talking about how she was just like, had to like adopt Jamie Lee Curtis's mannerisms because of like the body swapping of that, of that movie. And like, she did a really good job at it. And I think that's like why people started caring about her. 
And I also just feel like she had such a good like relationship with Jamie Lee Curtis and like their chemistry is natural. But I feel like they also like developed like a bond where because well, Jamie was, at that, you know, she was what 18 when she did Halloween. So she was a young yes, actress. That kind of, yeah, she had to build. Yeah, yeah, she had to build that career outside of that. And in re, like looking back at some of the interviews that Lindsay and Jamie Lee were doing at the time, I got the sense that like Jamie kind of really wanted to kind of mold Lindsay and help guide her to not go down the path she ultimately went down spoiler alert but i feel like jamie just kind of wanted to take her under her wing and you're right we had like the jamie lee curtis fans so like the older audiences the moms that knew jamie lee curtis from the halloween franchise or whatever other movies they had seen her in and then you had the younger audience, you know, that's more in our age demographic that liked Lindsay Lohan or Chad Michael Murray because he was hot. I love that he also <laughs> did a movie with the Hillary Duff, the Cinderella story. We'll be coming back, Chad Michael yeah, Murray. Don't yeah. you worry. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think it merged those two audiences together in a way that it wasn't like a parent having to drag their kid out to see a movie and like roll their eyes because, you know, they were watching a kiddie film. But, you know, they were able to appreciate it for the fact that you had all of these the the star power that it brought. Totally. And it's just like a really entertaining movie. There's there's some singing. There's some car accidents. It's like I will still rewatch Freaky Friday. I really like it. I'm here for the Freaky Friday sequel that Jamie Lee went and pimped out on The View. And she said Lindsay's (laughs) down for it and she's down for it. So I'm just like, Disney, let's make it happen. Because I'm so down for a Freaky Friday sequel with the two of them. I'm glad you talked about Jamie Lee Curtis and how she tried to mentor Lindsay Lohan. Because in an article from 2004 in the Los Angeles Times, they talked Jamie Lee Curtis as like a secondary, like to get some, you know, some more information about Lindsay and like people who've been around her. And Jamie Lee Curtis talked about what her advice was. And she really saw it coming. She knew exactly where Lindsay was headed and she tried to, she tried to head it off. Here's what she said. Curtis says she often contemplates starting up a telephone hotline for teen actors featuring advice such as live way below your means, don't buy the big house, save your money, and fire your manager. When you're young and successful, you can't see that it could all go away at any minute. Back in the day, I didn't have publicists, stylists, clothes being thrown at me, or this constant flow of invitations to must-be-seen-at events. I want to tell them, focus on acting class, take a year off, and go to college and study art. Go do things that challenge your mind, because ultimately, they will make you a good actor. That's great advice. I, I mean, I'm sure it'll make you a great actor, but I don't think it'll make you a great movie star. Like, look at every other mm. every other successful child star that went off to college. They never came back. I mean, they rarely came back and had a big career. Like, you have to get on the the roller coaster. You have to get on There's the train. There's a couple of exceptions. I mean, a couple of exceptions. Claire Danes, Natalie Portman. Yeah, that's all I got. Tatiana Ali tried. She went to Harvard and she from Fresh Prince. And then that kind of like stymied her career. So I think you're probably right for the the, most part. At least the acting career, because like the Olsen twins, they went off and were able to build a whole new, you know, career in fashion empire. Yeah, they quit altogether. But I feel like, you know, it's great advice for Jamie Lee. But like if you want to become that mainstream mega celeb that I feel like Lindsay became at that time, you kind of just have to stay on the roller coaster and kind of keep keep it going. That doesn't mean it's healthy. That doesn't mean it's great. And very few are able to kind of survive. I feel like Hillary Depp did a good job, but I feel like it was great advice for Lindsay. She probably should have listened to some of it, at least a bit, because she just went hard. She really did. I will say also Jamie Lee Curtis, her her parents were both already in entertainment. So she was starting 
with a leg up and she, it's probably easier to like take a break if you know that you'll, you'll have a direct on-ramp back, back in yeah. when you, whenever Connections. you choose to. So yeah. Yeah. Which Lindsay Lohan didn't have. She just had Dina Lohan working real hard for her. All right. So then coming off these great buzz from Freaky Friday, we got Mean Girls. I didn't realize until I was researching this podcast that it was the same director, Freaky Friday and Mean Girls. I don't, I don't oh, know if I missed that previously. Yes. But I think, I think that's part of also why Lindsay was so good in it is she wanted to play Regina George, but they were like, but, but the director, Mark Waters and Tina Fey were like, no, you are Katie Heron. And they're right. <laughs> Lindsay was, she's so good in this movie. We've, we've done, we've covered it a lot on the ringer in general. Like there's a rewatchables. There is an episode of villains, um, Chase Toronto's podcast. Like, I think we all acknowledge mean girls to be just one of the most important movies, like really of the last like 25 years. And it's okay. excellent. And she she crushes in it. She does. And listen, Rachel McAdams was the perfect Regina George that I yeah. think they were the perfect, like what Batman and Robin, like the two that kind of really carried that show or that movie rather. And listen, she was great in it. She, she, her acting skills really showed in both Freaky Friday and in Mean Girls and kind of just the, her range, right? Cause she had to play yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis essentially in Freaky Friday. And then now she had to be like this meek, you know, girl that becomes a popular girl in, in Mean Girls. I really thought based on Mean Girls that like we were going to be living in the age of Lindsay Lohan. I don't think at the, for me at the age of 18, I was thinking about celebrities in terms of like rewatchables categories. So I wasn't like, she's going to be the next so-and-so or whatever, yeah. but I was just like, she's a star. She's got so much coming. And I really thought that like, this is the era of Lindsay Lohan. I thought that about Misha Barton as well, though, I will say, because I was obsessed with the OC at the time. I mean, she <laughs> she really crashed and burned. <laughs> but uh, Lindsay, we did kind of have like a moment of Lindsay, right? Because like she oh, continued to yeah. go on. We have, like, yeah, we have like a full four years for sure. But they weren't these like pristine choices and like a continuous rise like jennifer lawrence had you know like a right. decade later or whatever right 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 right. i also feel like part of her success though like when you look at how much press they did for mean girls and maybe it was just like off of the success of freaky friday um you know they were able to kind of like Lindsay was just like a recognizable face that everybody was like waiting to see kind of like the star on the rise. But I feel like there was so much press, like she was doing interviews. She was filming, you know, uh, I saw she did like that documentary where she was showing like her diary, a day in the life with Lindsay. She was doing you know, all these sorts of press events and kind of just like traveling and doing press nonstop that I feel like the attention that they put on mean girls and the budget that they had for mean girls and their publicity budget really helped set her apart. Not just with within her acting, but just within mainstream celebrity pop culture. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. They definitely like the, the industrial complex was like just rallying behind Lindsay for sure. And I think Tina Fey made a really interesting point where, you know, she said that Lindsay, like her progression from Freaky Friday and like uh, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen coming into Mean Girls, like she was developing as a woman that kind of showed her becoming a more mature, grown woman that the audience was now starting to see her kind of have that evolution where it wasn't as hard for her to break that Disney role and transition to something that was non-Disney, which I think Mean Girls was like her first big non-Disney film. Definitely. And 
You just mentioned Diary, which was an MTV show back in the beginning of the aughts. How, I sent you the episode Lindsay Lohan uh, episode to watch, which we're going to talk about right now. But are you familiar with Diary? Because I get the impression that you're not. I'm not. I used to love E! True Hollywood Story, but I, I did not know what Diary was. Yeah. So Diary was a show on MTV from like 2002 to like 2005 where it was like supposed to be like a behind the scenes look at a celebrity. And so, and they always say the tagline for every episode was you think, you know, but you have no idea. This is the diary of blank. And so like Britney Spears in one and MTV had such a, like a, um, a magnetic and like important role before teen culture at that time because of TRL and just the way that, you know, like just the way that like they really mattered. And so Lindsay Lohan does an episode of diary and it captures her doing promo for mean girls basically in like March and April of 2004. And I gotta say, having gone back into hindsight is 2020. And I don't know if I would have noticed it at the time, but when I went back and I watched this episode of Lindsay Lohan's diary, I was just like, the writing was on the wall. I was like, this is a brat. I was just like, oh, I was, I was a little horrified. What was your impression of her when you watched? This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says, Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Jedi are being murdered. On June 4th, Star Wars returns only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it. Believe me. She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. Two episode premiere June 4th, only on Disney+. Plus. I was horrified, but I was... 
also just like but like this is a 17 year old girl like I think that's what I forgot at that age like when I was watching Mean Girls I was like oh this is a movie star right like I forgot that like this is a real person like you and I like think of yourself at that age like we were all brats at 17 let alone having the money and the access and she didn't have her parents with her that was kind of a jarring revelation like we kind of knew that Dina and Michael weren't really involved but like the fact that she's literally over here doing a whole press tour and going to like you know the kids choice awards on her own while her parents are her whole family is just like on the other side of the country and she's just like gallivanting around Los Angeles with her her girlfriends and she had like a publicist and a manager that were kind of like oh we got to take you from here to there like just kind of shuttling her around like she had no real guidance or direction so it's like no wonder she went down this path because she was this booming movie star that continued to have her ego inflated and whatever she wanted she got she didn't want to eat craft services she's like i want mcdonald's get me mcdonald's and they're like okay let's get her mcdonald's at that age i think you need jamie lee curtis by your side 24 7 to be guiding you and she did not have that as you alluded to her family stayed in new york she had younger siblings and she was living in la where she had rented an apartment but according to the los angeles times she preferred to stay in hotel rooms that presumably were paid for by like movie studios or whoever you know she was working with at the time or a friend's couch. So like she, she was 17 and she just was basically like thrown into Hollywood and just do like, just like live, live in life and living the life of a celebrity. A lot of diary is her and her friends driving around going to tower records to buy the latest NERD CD. And Lindsay doesn't want to get out of the car because she doesn't want to have to turn down autographs. And she doesn't want someone to have a picture of her in which she looks bad for the rest of her life. And what I also really loved watching this episode of diary was like, it was such a great reminder of how much celebrity culture has changed. Like celebrities can't avoid that anymore. Like, you know, you are, you're on the street, someone near every person you're near has a phone. They can just whip it out and take a picture of you. Like you can't really, yeah, it's not just paparazzi anymore. Like same way. everybody, yeah. you can't go to lunch. You can't go anywhere without somebody on a camera phone, getting something and you ending up on like a demois. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I, I think in many ways, Lindsay's exploits in this year would have been perhaps even more scrutinized and it would have, if it had been, you know, 2024 instead of 20, 2004. And, I, you know, also in the, the diary piece, and, and this was true of the, of the VH1 special I watched too, Lindsay uses like her high school friends as like, sort of like to tell her story. And they're always like by her side. I mean, clearly her friends became her family, but I thought it was really interesting because it reminded me of like the Leonardo DiCaprio strategy of like being surrounded by your friends all the time, except that like Leo's friends never really spoke. Like you didn't really, I've never heard Richie Akiva speak. I've never heard, I've never heard Lucas Haas talk. And Lindsay, I feel like she tried to like create her own, her own crew, but she deployed them very wrong. I was like, oh no, this is a bad strategy. Yeah, no, they would amp up her bad behavior and they, you know, just seeing them go all around, like when they were trying to find like the Mexican restaurant, like so many things from Diary were just like hilarious to watch. But I mean, for me, I just I watching I was like, oh, but like I wanted just somebody to be able to kind of be there to help like shape and mold her. Whereas it's like, we just saw her as this movie star that like kept getting into trouble. Right. She had everything. And how does she go and drink and how does she go and, you know, date all these, all these other famous movie stars. And, you know, how did she fall off the wrong track? I mean, and then later on we see her like partying with Dina 
Christina and stuff, but it was just like, it was wild to, to see her just be such a young bratty teenage girl that clearly needed some sort of guidance. Yes, seriously. And also at this time she was dating Wilma Valderrama. They didn't announce it until she turned 18 a few months later, but it's, it's assumed though, never confirmed that they were, they were probably dating before that, but because of her age, it wasn't announced. So things were escalating. That seems to be his favorite age. I guess so. Because Demi Lovato was also 17. I think, I think he also did Mandy Moore. I mean, I wasn't, he just, he, he just loved, he loved a teen. So hard to believe to say. Let's move on. Let's talk about a fight between teens. I don't think I realized how huge the Hillary Duff, Lindsay Lohan fight was. Were you aware of this feud from 2004? Obsessed. Oh Obsessed, my God. Okay. Julia. Give us all the beats. Explain how it started and everything that happened. Okay. Listen, I, I don't know if you used to watch Lizzie McGuire, but that was like I did. my I love show. Lizzie McGuire. Love, I love Lizzie McGuire. I, I even did like a, a Disney game show where I was a Lizzie McGuire aficionado and they oh grilled God. me on, on Lizzie McGuire trivia and I killed it. So I remember. I went to high school with, 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 um, with Gordo. Hillary Duff. Oh, no, with Gordo. Oh, that would have been the best revelation. I went to high school with, with Lizzie McGuire herself. No, 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 no. But I, I, I wish I, I, I came to love Hillary Duff in um, Younger, but that's for another story. Carry <laughs> on. Explain what happened between Lindsay Lohan and Hillary Duff. So I remember the exact Christmas holiday special on Lizzie McGuire where Aaron Carter comes in and he gives Lizzie uh, or Lizzie and Hillary Duff her first on-screen kiss, right? Which ultimately prompts them to date. And I believe they dated for like a year, a year and a half to where Aaron Carter then decides at this point, I'm bored and literally says that in an interview, I got bored with Hillary Duff. So then I started talking to Lindsay Lohan, which also typical, typical teenage boy, not even typical teenage boy. Like that's still guys I I date to this day. I just got bored. So I'm just going to start texting and dating somebody else. So he literally just moves on from Hillary Duff, starts dating Lindsay Lohan, which is like a very brief, right? It's like not even a real relationship, anything compared to like what he had with Hillary Duff. But like when you're that young, and you're dating somebody for that long. Like I can understand your boredom as a teenage boy. So then he starts dating uh, Lindsay Lohan. That doesn't really go anywhere, but I guess that's where the beef started is the fact that Lindsay Lohan stole Aaron Carter from Hillary Duff, which started their whole beef and then continued on like years beyond Aaron Carter. Yeah. With many different than like ridiculous things done by both. I mean, or the fact that, Yes, they would show up to each other's like film premieres to like, I guess, try and steal the thunder and try to like steal the attention away from the other one. But like to me, if anything, that's just like my brain now as a 29 year old man, I'm just like, that's like great publicity. If you're going to show up and crash somebody else's movie premiere, everybody's going to be talking about you and your movie. Like, that's great. I wish I have a movie premiere that somebody crashes one day and makes a big scandal. We can't let Chad Michael Murray off the hook here. Though I loved Chad Michael Murray as a child, I I can no longer love him as an adult for many reasons. I'm a big One Tree Hill person, (laughs) so there's also a lot lot there. But Did you see him in Riverdale? No. Was he good? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you loved him in One Tree Hill, it wasn't so much that he was good in it as much as he was just like he was this cult leader that like never had a shirt on and like had the beard grown out. It was just. Does he play a cult leader? Yeah, he has a cult leader. It was great. Wow. Who's in the cult? Like, which uh, of the kids? 
None. Oh, who was in the call? Oh, a few of them trickled in and out of it. Like Cheryl was in <laughs> it. Yeah, a few of them trickled oh, in and out of the cult. But yeah, he he definitely took over Riverdale for like a full season and a half. Wow, I didn't know that. I'm I'm really into James Lafferty. He's just mm. a great guy. Anyway, Chad Michael Murray was in obviously Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan, and then he was in a Cinderella story with Hillary Duff, and. He brought Hillary Duff to the Mean Girls premiere because he was like, oh, I'm just trying getting to know a colleague. And like, he thought it'd be like a cool thing to do. I heard him say this on this old VH1 special. And so he contributed to it. And then <laughs> I believe at the Cinderella story premiere, I believe Hillary Duff got Lindsay Lohan kicked out, if I recall correctly. Is that right? I might I need to double check yeah. that. But that there was like warring back and forth premieres, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the rumors were that they they like weren't invited, but then they would still kind of crash, which, again, very strange that like that was the strategy that we're just going to like try and crash a movie premiere. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Chad Michael Murray, I feel like I would love to sit him down today and be like, were you team Hillary or are you team Lindsay? Like, what is the vibe today? Because he I feel like he didn't date either of them, really, did he? Did he date Hillary? No, he didn't. No, no. I mean, around this time, he was married to Sophia Bush because One Tree Hill started, oh, I think, in 2003 and they got married and then he, they quickly got divorced. But he was very he was enmeshed in a lot of drama around One Tree Hill as well. So and then I that show went on for so many more years. I do. too. do you watch? Do you listen to Drama Queens? No. Is it no, a One Tree Hill podcast? Yes. With Sophia Bush, Hillary Burton and Joy Lenz. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I saw them just dress up for Halloween all together, too. Yeah, they like. Yeah, they're like they're like good friends. That show is like so insane to think about now. But boy, did I love it at the time. <laughs> anyway, this kind of like this, these petty fights came to define Lindsay Lohan. But I do think 2004 is like so pivotal because a lot of this stuff that came to define like who she was in her career was ha was already happening. And I think taking all this together. Like there's just a really interesting look at celebrity in 2004 because this one LA times profile was about her and she brought her friend, Natalie, who's also in the episode of diary with her to the, like the meeting with the, with the journalist and she's late and Natalie's like on her phone the whole time. And the article is like really disdainful of Lindsay. And I don't think that you would get a profile like this today. And I think that like, to your point, she clearly was a brat and like, that was very obvious, but also she was a teen with not a lot of like guidance and, and the per, like, just like her parents were not in the same city as her. And like, you know, there's a lot of reasons why she probably like went astray, but I just don't, we don't get profiles of like decrying child stars anymore. Like I can't, like, I feel like Justin Bieber was is like one of the last ones. I think they, I think they get called out when they deserve to be still like for sure, but it's not, there's not usually like a referendum on like an actor or like a celebrity in the same way that like this article was like Lindsay Lohan is acting her age. Well, I feel like because I mean, the reason we probably don't get them as much anymore is because like the turnaround cycle is so quick, like people come in and out of the industry that it's like it's very rare that you I mean, I just think even the media culture that we have now, it's very rare that you have a, you know, a situation like Lindsay Lohan where you do have a lot of press and like the press kind of carries you through. I did find interesting about the profile, though, that in her like quotes to the reporter, she talks about how like everything is being watched now and she has to be so mindful of her image and mindful of the way she dresses. Yet she showed up late to the interview and like has her friend that like, you know, I don't even think she was like all that dressed up the whole time. 
Yeah, yeah. it was just, <laughs> it was funny. And I get that that's like what the reporter was trying to to portray is that, you know, here she is thinking she's hyper aware of her, of like of herself and her image while kind of just being more into the superficial parts of it rather than, you know, showing up to an interview on time, making sure you're dressed, you know, in a way that, cause like literally everything is being picked apart, you know, with these types of profiles and they're going to talk about everything. If you're biting your nails, it's probably going to be in the opening paragraph. Yeah. And I think also ultimately the, the like the entertainment media had more power over celebrities at the yeah. time. And so though I don't, I'm not, I, I do think Lindsay Lohan seemed like she probably was very um, challenging to be around as a teen star. But I also think that she had this persona that then really never went away and was established very early on from like the feud with Lindsay, with the feud with Hillary Duff and the way she, the way she acted with um, this reporter. And then when I was watching diary, I was just thinking to myself, like, I wonder if she had like final cut on this. Cause I don't, I can't imagine a celebrity agreeing to doing diary now if they didn't get to make their own edits. And I'm sure there was like some kind of collaboration because the network yeah. was interested in like having good relationships, but I can't, I just cannot imagine like, I don't even like one of like the euphoria kids doing this now, like they would just do it on their Instagram. Wow. They just do selfies all day. Yeah, it would be an Instagram story and you just follow along throughout. The, it would be an MTV Instagram story takeover, Julia. That's right. what the equivalent <laughs> right. of diaries would be. <laughs> but it's interesting, though, because if you do compare Lindsay to Hillary, like Hillary didn't have this type of career and Hillary didn't have this type of media scrutiny that people seem to really like. Like, I know they like to pit the two of them against each other, but we didn't get this portrayal of Hillary the same way we did with Lindsay. And I guess it's I mean, is it comparable to like Britney? Christina because like Christina was kind of the bad girl but I feel like Christina embraced more of that overtly sexual bad girl sort of persona in comparison to Britney. She's a little bit older though I think Britney she you know she came out being this sort of like chaste Catholic schoolgirl with like sexuality interest she was immediately sexualized not that Christina Aguilera wasn't but I think that when she had her dirty era, she kind of like chose that. And it wasn't her first introduction to everyone. I think, you know, I think this was also just like an era of like feuds. Like you think about like team LC versus team yeah. Kristen and like Jennifer Aniston versus Angelina, Angelina. Jolie, like, and all of these are over guys too. Right. Like that yeah. was a big part of the culture of 2004 was like women fighting over like hot guys publicly, but also us, putting them in sides, right? The good girl versus the bad girl. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston was the good girl. Angelina Jolie was the bad girl. You know, Elsie was the good girl. Kristen Cavallari yeah. was the bad girl. So I feel like in this case, we made Lindsay out to be the bad girl and Hillary out to be the good girl. Instead of just being two celebs feuding with each other, we had to kind of portray them as one being good and one being bad. And so I think that maybe contributed because I think if we followed Hillary the same way we followed Lindsay, I'm pretty sure Hillary Duff was also a bit of a brat. I'm pretty sure she also had her moments that, you know, weren't so glamorous either being a teenage girl herself. The one other piece to this is the music aspect. In mm. 2004, Hillary Duff already had some hits with Come Clean. She got to, I think, did she sing on Lizzie McGuire the, the show or just the movie? Fall down well, and wake my dreams. It's a great song. It was a Laguna Beach theme song. And in Diary, Lindsay Lohan, she is singing the song, which I'm sure was intentional, trying to like seem like, you know, a, either a jab or something like that with, with Hillary Duff. But Lindsay Lohan then launches her own music career, like basically a year after Hillary Duff, because rumors comes out in 2004 
an all-time great pop song. Mm. And on top of that, um, Lindsay Lohan uh, is like gets to sing in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. So she's just like living large. And she actually, I think she's trying to get a little bit of what Hilary Duff had, but also I think she just really wanted to be a pop star. Yeah, I think Lindsay had just this like blind ambition of like wanting to be a big mega superstar and she wasn't going to let Hillary have anything that she couldn't have. <laughs> and she, But she was talented, though. I mean, you know, she she could sing. They're both very talented. Yes, rumors, they are both very talented. Rumors and Come Clean are like just two absolute hits. I'm tired of rumors starting. I'm sick of being followed. <laughs> and then you had the, the, the little camera, the, not the camera phone, the little flash, the Canon flash yeah. camera in the music video. The music video always reminded me of Lindsay Lohan's attempt to do the Waiting for Tonight, Jennifer Lopez yeah. video. Like with the same way, there's like a lot of like strobe lights, like a club vibe, but obviously yes. it's not as successful. No. But 2004 was really, was it was the peak. She just was doing everything that she could. And for the most part, it was working. And honestly, the one other piece of the Hillary Duff feud is the Vanity Fair cover, which we've covered previously mm. on Rurudesh, which was like the new era and had like a lot of young women in Hollywood. And they also had a fight on set there. And it was just, it, it, we also covered this on just like us, which you can, which you can uh, find on Spotify. 2004 was a really pivotal year. And Lindsay Lohan was the huge piece of it. I, uh, I'll always remember it. No, I mean, yeah, she was like on top of the, I mean, Mean Girls. It's so interesting though. I still find it weird that Mean Girls didn't gross as high as Freaky Friday, but I feel like Mean Girls is like more of an iconic movie, just like in pop culture compared to any of her other films. Yeah. I think also it was much more placed as a teen movie, but yeah. I think the life of Mean Girls is much, much longer as like an internet phenomenon. I mean, there's so many memes and, and whatnot. And also... If you go back and you watch, like, Lindsay Lohan's just, like, looks young in Freaky Friday. Like, as Tina Fey yeah. said, she really becomes an adult on in Mean Girls. And I think in some ways it's, like, less creepy to rewatch that movie as a result. Plus, it's just <laughs> a, really, a really smart movie. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, like, she was at, I think, what was it, The New Yorker even ranked her as, like, one of the top... 15 i think she's like number 11 on the best performances of the century they made her the host of the mtv awards when she was only she was like 17 at the time or had just turned 18 so i feel like she was getting all of these big opportunities that were kind of just continuing to catapult her into that mega stardom and ultimately it did right you know i mean you have britney who is really popular with her music you have paris who is just kind of popular as a socialite but like Lindsay really had the movie career and the music career that was building at this time. This was kind of like the bubble as it was getting big, 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 big right before it popped. Yeah. And I think because she was a so talented, like you go back and you watch me yeah. girls and she's really good in it. And there was a lot of promise. We'll be continuing to talk Lindsay Lohan for the next week and a half until her Christmas movie on Netflix comes out. We've got a lot more to come with many of our colleagues. We'll be looking at some more pivotal years. 2007 will be coming later this week. Some theories about Lindsay Lohan, perhaps you never heard about. Can't wait to dig into that. We got so much more. Thank you to Devin Ronaldo for producing this episode. Thank you to Zach for joining me. If you want more Zach, check him out on the Ringer Reality TV podcast where he and Amelia Wedemeyer recap the Kardashians. If you're interested in more of me, I do Bachelor Party, so you can check that out. And just check out the entire Ringer Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back soon.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.